do every single Saturday on these airwaves. My name is Casey Steve, the voice of your valley. Still getting all my levels here straight. I'm so excited. We have a guest in studio. That's for you, Marilyn. Every Saturday on these airwaves, Citizen Watch, Saturday morning. First Saturday in October. It's hard to believe fall has fallen. It's cool out. Oh, my Lord. Have you missed the hot days? I mean, we got a couple of 85s and people were, what's happened? Summer's there. But no, it's really nice out there. Everything's going well. The uh, Halloween decorations are out. There's a guy there on, uh, what, Southwest Bear Creek. He's got ghosts going back and forth over there by Leonard Rich's house. Really neat. But as I say, I'm a little nervous here because I have a very special guest. I have tried to get this guy in here so many times. It's unbelievable. He's always busy. Puts me off. I call, I call. He never, No, I'm teasing. He's a good sport. You'll recognize the voice. Say something. Hi. Hey, this is Mike Murphy, Mayor Merced. It's great to be here in studio. Hey. Great to be here with you, Casey. There he is. Mike Murphy, M&M's. We have M&M's in studio. Plain peanut, peanut butter. <laughs> I, think, I think you use that as a, uh, a, a prop, right, during the, during the uh, campaign season, M&M's? No, but that's a good idea. I oh. love peanut M&M's are my favorite. Maybe so. he has those at the uh, mayoral desk, <laughs> you know, like Reagan had the jelly beans. I know that uh, he does have his own snow cone machine. Right. Oh, I've made lots of snow cones. Uh, we got a snow cone machine a couple of years ago, and man, we've put a lot of ice to that thing and, and served for the kids and community. Now, it's my understanding the last event that it was at, and you know, some of the other, uh, uh, some people were jealous of your snow cone machine. I don't know if you ran out of their flavor, but did you say 900 snow cones or something you served there in the night out event? Yeah, uh, you know, we got, it's amazing how many snow cones we do uh, just in the space of a few hours in the evening. Uh, just line up, and you know the, the snow cones are, of course, are free. And but that's what it was—the uh, national hot, night yeah, out. Yeah, national night out at, at uh, Applegate Park, and we've got you know a few hundred people, and well, I don't know, lots, lots, and lots of people to show up uh, for that. And uh, you know the neighborhood watch folks are there, and Merced PD, and all the other agencies, and Mer- Merced City Fire Department, and Kitty Land's open, and it's a good time. And it's, and it's it? in August, so it's still warm, and the, the snow cones are uh, a nice refreshment for them. You, you always have the same setup right outside of Kitty Land, and isn't Kitty Land such a nice little Merced thing? Yeah, it's a nice little jewel we have. Not, you know, not every, uh, not every community li- like us, you know, our size, has something like that. So uh, it's a treasure. I always say that high-speed rail you know, may come, but uh, that train still goes every uh, every summer and, and uh, the lines i know when you have your event uh-huh. I, a couple of times you've like opened it up oh, or yeah. whatever and i i waited one time an hour and a half of course all the little kids are looking at me like man this kid's this guy's taking up a whole box car all by himself but uh, you've ridden that right oh yeah Since isn't that fun oh yeah it's a, you know everyone loves kitty land and uh, it's just it's it's iconic uh, from Merced. Now, you know, being the mayor, does the city own that and we rent that to the Kiwanis or, or is uh, that something that they own? Because I know Applegate Park is a city park. Yeah, you know, Applegate uh, Park is a city park. I'm not sure who owns Kiwanis, Kittyland, but certainly Kiwanis is the one that, that makes it happen. Well, I mean, they, sure they run it and they maintain it. And, uh, and uh, so, you know, they're the ones that really put the show on yeah i hope it doesn't go anywhere soon and, and the zoo now we have the zoo yep city owns the zoo and it's right there i know you've had that open too yeah you know to be honest i i probably should take the time to go through the zoo have you been through this we had a mountain lion there but i think something happened to the yeah, poor little you know i go to the zoo uh, a few times a year uh and actually they've always got a zoo boo we're in well, october and so coming up that's coming up and um last year man that that line was wrapped around i was there with my kids uh wait, waiting to go to the zoo boo it's fun 
Yeah, we were talking about the uh, gentleman that used to or that runs that, John uh, Carlos. Carlos, uh-huh. is he still doing that? Yeah, uh, you know, they've got a whole whole group of people over there, and you know, certainly he's been a big part of that. And uh, the Merced Zoological Society, and man, my hat my hat goes off to them uh, for for what they do with uh, with the resources they have. Yeah, that, that's kind of uh, you know, several years ago, and I, I don't know if you were around then as a councilman, but you know, it's it's had its struggles financially. Oh yeah, and it seems like they've kind of turned it around. I know we contribute, and when I we say do. we, the city of Merced, yeah, contributes a little, but really we put the onus on them to uh, that what the zoological society, yeah. I guess. Yeah, and we we went through, uh, you know, like anyone through the recession. You know, Merced Merced uh, had had a lot of tough choices to make, and there was a lot of pressure over the years. I was on the council, uh, a lot of pressure to uh, to close the zoo, and I'm proud that that we they uh, wanted we, to close it. I didn't know. Oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's uh, you know, and, and we um, you know, that's not the direction we wanted to go, and I think the community um, is thankful for that that we we've got a zoo today. No, I I, I think the only problem I have over there, and when I say problem. And I guess it's a good one to have is the parking. It seems a little tight. You know, when you go, it's fun. They've had that same road along the creek to get to that back lot since I was a kid. And, of course, I won't tell you some of the things that used to happen in that back lot late at night. But uh, going along the bike path there, it's a little dicey and a little little tight. But I don't know where you'd put more parking. There's, you know, the on-street stuff. And then, of course, one of the, uh, you know, things that has happened under your watch, I believe, in the last year is all of that new playground equipment. Yeah, the, the, the playground equipment at Applegate was uh, old and needed to be replaced, and so uh, the, the city did that. We, we've got a beautiful new uh, play structure out there, and w- one of the things that really makes it um, you know, really, really nice for our residents is it's the first um, wheelchair-accessible, ADA-accessible playground, the first and only so far. I think uh, they the call that all something. In other words, like all access, all yeah, Everybody so even can use yeah, I mean, you know, the typical playgrounds have uh, sand or wood chips or bark. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're in a wheelchair, for example, you're not able to uh, participate in that. So you can uh, you can use the um, the merry-go-round, for example, and and wheel yourself right into it rather than having to step up onto it. Well, you know, talking about that, I think that uh, you know, getting our listeners to know you, Mike Murphy, Eminem. Uh, he, you've been on these airwaves before, and. Uh, we've talked about your lovely family, your mm-hmm. lovely wife Heather. Yeah, and I always thought you had two kids, but you have three, right? I've got four kids. We got twins. Four. See, I always so, get it know. mixed up. <laughs> you got twin. I'm always one short yeah, with so, everybody. So yeah, walk, you haven't walk, had any recently, though. No, no, no. no. Okay, okay. Our, our youngest is seven. All right. Um, and uh, I forget about <laughs> the twins. I, I I don't know why I do that. So you have twins. Yeah. Are they the first or no? No, they're right in the middle. Okay. Yeah. So you had one. Yeah. So Walker's seventeen. Um, seventeen. Well, he will be in. We're in October, so he'll be seventeen uh, here this month, and. Um, and then the twins are 14, and then uh, and our youngest, Nash, is, is seven. Wow. So. Now, you have a special needs. Uh, yeah. So so when the park opened at at, uh, at Applegate, and I mentioned there's a wheelchair accessible, uh, my son Walker came out. And, you know, he's got muscular dystrophy. He's got a wheelchair. So your oldest? Yeah, my oldest. And so, uh, you know, it was cool for him to see that uh, that the city's making those investments. You know, he's he's 17, so he's not on a merry-go-round every day. Um, you know, like like a younger kids. Yeah, but if he has his kids and taking yeah. them there again, like you say that participatory, yeah. that all access. Uh, and, and the other thing too is is making sure that there's a there's a sidewalk to get to the play structure because mm-hmm. if you have to cross a, a lawn, uh, that can be a challenge. Or as the well. wood chips or the things. Yeah, like yeah, you yeah. say, there's kind of meandering paths. Yeah. If you haven't been over there, it's really neat. I, of course, 
you know, being Citizen Watch, I wish it could have doubled in size. The circle could have gotten bigger. We all remember the old rocket, the rocket ship, ship over there. And yeah. uh, Ken Elwin, it was so funny because when they were going through the public process of what should we put there, and there were several presentations, it couldn't but have been held, but people wanted to bring the rocket ship. Yeah. And he we goes, all wanted to get burned again. Yeah, he goes, <laughs> it would be a human barbecue. And it was just, he was so hot, and it would have been because let me tell you. It was a rite of passage growing up oh, here. Oh, in, in summer, that thing was hot. I always <laughs> wonder where that ended up. But, no, it was really good to see uh, that. But, again, Talking about your family a little bit, your lovely wife Heather's been with you through through thick and thin. Yeah, and it's interesting when you talk about Walker being uh, seventeen this month. You originally got on the city council. He was what eight? Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, because you've been on just for folks. No, he's Mayor Mike Murphy. He's in his uh, second year of his second two year term, and before that. Was it four and then five? In other words, how many years yeah, did so you... Yeah, I, I was elected to, to the city council in 2011. Wow. And uh, the listeners may recall that back then it was at large. At large. Rather than by district. And so. odd year elections, which right. were said, you know, got to be different, folks. You know, everything's 14, 16, 2, 4, 6, 8, you know, even. And Merced was odd year at like MID this year. They've got an election. Anybody know they've got an election in June? I mean, if you're a you know board member, probably. So Merced was odd year and not districts way back That's in 11. That's right. So that, both of those things have changed. I was elected in 2011 and then to the city council and served until I was elected mayor in 2016 and then and then again in 2018. Um, of course, well, we got a these, long time. Yeah. So it's been eight years, and when I when I wrap up uh, next year, it will have been uh, will have been nine years. Wow. Well, I don't know where the time's gone. Yeah, where has the time gone? And like you say, we went through districts. Well, and the reason, again, I keep going back to his family, because some of the things uh, that he's done has, have, have been impacted by his family. And one of the uh, things that came up years ago, and I think it was as a councilman, was this panhandling ordinance. And we'll talk oh, yeah. more about homeless later. But uh, as you know, there's a, a the the paper, I forget, the Fresno Bee, they have this children's edition they sell, and you'll see them out there hawking on the intersections, and then the firefighters have the fill the boot, which I believe is specifically for... The Muscular Dystrophy Association. Right, and and if if you've been listening, folks, his oldest son... Has muscular dystrophy. Has that, and and so there was some concern, and and talk about balancing that, because you had the residents tired of panhandling, but you... Had had some concerns that maybe that was going to be taken away. Right there, there are some you know, um, and you're you're reaching back here. I hadn't hadn't thought about this decision for a while, but um, you're right. We um, you know, we've got a panhandling ordinance, and you have to balance it with, um, you know, allowing the the good things that we want to encourage in the community um, that that aren't sort of. Um, you know, blocking traffic in the way that um, some of the panhandlers do. And so, um, you know, front and center in that is are the things that you mentioned. So the Kids Day newspaper or uh, the Fill the Boot from the Firefighter. And so, um, you know, I feel those, those activities are, are certainly worthwhile and, uh, and, should, and should be allowed to occur. It's tough to balance those things sometimes, isn't it? Because you have two different sides yeah, yeah. and, you know, the law. And then you got the people, well, I'm, I'm able, you know, I'm out here filling the boot. Yeah, it's your own boot, buddy. You know, I mean, come on. <laughs> and and that's where it's kind of tough. And again, yeah. you know, uh, I always say they only throw rocks at the lead dog. And, uh, you know, we've uh, every once in a while we have a couple of comments you here. Get, you get rocks thrown at you, Casey? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not the lead dog. Oh, I'm not the not lead the, dog. No, I'm uh, talking about Mike Murphy, uh, <laughs> the mayor of Merced, because even as a councilman, uh, you were pretty instrumental on the board, a leader, if you will, because uh, you, you rose to the top uh, under, uh, who was the mayor when you were there? Thurston. Stan Thurston. Yeah. Stanley Thurston, uh, blast from the past, uh, rose up through the ranks as, 
councilman, I think, actually came back to run for mayor. And then we went to districts. How do you feel about – now, you never really – represented a district you were at large because districts came under your mayoral That's tenure, right. right? Yeah. How do you like districts so far? It was the right thing to do. It was it was the right thing to do. And, um, you know, w- we need to uh, encourage leaders and future leaders from all corners of our community to um, either run run for office or, or prepare to run for office or, um, you know, if they don't want to be involved themselves, uh, be, be engaged in however they – they're most comfortable, but uh, the reality was that um, you know before we went to districts, uh, everyone on the city council lived north of Bear Creek, right? And um, so that can that can be very uh, disconcerting if if um, if you don't feel like you've got anybody that 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 lives in your neighborhood. But conversely, recently you just made some very poignant comments about having enough people run or people interested in their districts yeah. uh, to participate because we've gone through this effort under the uh, premise that representation wasn't happening, that the voices weren't being heard. And quite frankly, the first time we only had one guy in one district uh, run. And, and yeah. so maybe there does even, needs to be even more participation. So districts Certainly. necessarily in itself aren't the answer. You it's still not have the end all be all. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's only one piece of it. And uh, as you alluded to, when... Uh, uh, when District 2 came up for uh, for the ballot in 2018, there was only one candidate on the ballot. Right. And there was a, there was a write-in, but but he wasn't on the ballot. Right. You had to come up with his name on, on your own. So, um, you know, I think it's healthy for uh, us as a, you know, as a, as a, as a democracy, as a city, um, to have choices for people. And so uh, having a number of choices, I think, is... is uh, is a good thing. And we, we saw that in District 1, uh, which is also in South Merced, but it's kind of more Southeast Merced mm-hmm. in 2016. But um, certainly last year, there was only only one name on the ballot. Right. Well, I, I think uh, is one Councilman Martinez. Yes. Yeah. I know yeah. that he had a couple of people that ran in yeah. that race. And that was the, you know, one of the first district elections. And then, like I say, I kind of was surprised in that District 2, but uh, it'll be interesting to see. We're going to talk a little bit more about participation not just in district elections, but on boards and commissions, because I know there's been a lot of talk about that. And to me, some unfair criticism that we're not looking at, uh, you know, maybe all the representation. But again, you got to participate. You got to show up. We'll be right back. I'm on uh, (laughs) the first segment is in the can. Citizen Watch, Saturday morning, the first Saturday in October. My name's Casey Steed on the voice of your Valley Merced's News Talk. 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS, Mayor Mike Murphy in studio. We'll be right back. Citizen Watch Saturday morning. My name is Casey Steed, the voice of your valley. So happy to have you here with me every Saturday on these airwaves on Merced's News Talk, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM. KYOS, K Yosemite, that's right. Uh, what a beautiful park up there we have. We are Gateway to Yosemite. We might talk a little bit. Oh, I got to do everything here. You know, Dave Luna has a staff. I don't have a staff. What do you need, Casey? I'm here for you. I tell you, I have in studio <laughs> Mayor Mike Murphy. M&Ms are all around us. Plain peanut, his favorite peanut. I like the peanut butter ones, actually, because you don't got the peanuts, but you get peanut butter. It all melts. Anyway, I'm trying to stay away from those. My doctor told me to. Mike Murphy, the mayor, the current mayor of Merced, 
here in studio. We were talking before, and thanks for being here. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah, it's great to be here with you and, and with your listening audience. A lot of people listen. I don't know if you know, but uh, we're online now, on demand. People can go to 1480kyos.com. They can pull up this interview. It's not going to be on until after 10 o'clock Saturday because we want you to listen live. But let's say you missed it. You run into Mike. You said, hey, did you hear my interview? And you go, no, I didn't. But I'm going to run home right now and go online. You can pull it up. Boom, boom, boom. There it's going to be. Hopefully we'll get an hour with him. Maybe the bonus half hour. We're, we're going to see because he does have a job. You know, we talked about his lovely wife, Heather, the four kids, not three, four. And, uh, but he's also a private business owner. One of his, uh, what do you want to call it, calling cards during the election was the only, the only candidate that has a business license. Now, both yeah. of us do in this room because I'm an electrical contractor, but yeah. he is a business owner downtown in the, uh, yeah. you're in the central core still, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, just uh, two blocks or so from the studio. And, and, and may I say, uh, building for sale. No, I'm teasing. He, uh, <laughs> his old, he moved. He's not, we're not hawking his old building, even though if you're interested, but he has a beautiful facility now. Uh, what, on 21st? Is yeah. that addressed on 21st? Yeah, uh, 21st between uh, Canal and M. And what is your business? So uh, my partner, Mason Brawley, and I uh, are you know, attorneys, partners together at Murphy and & Brawley, and uh, I'm a business attorney. He's a trust and estates attorney, and uh, we've, been, we've been in practice, well, we, we've been in practice longer than we've been partners, but we've been partners uh, for, I don't know, five plus years or so. Trust and estates taking on new business? Yeah, Mason certainly is. Yeah. So, because I know folks, they always tell you you should have those three things, and Mike can correct me being a lawyer. You should have a, a power of attorney. You should have a medical directive yeah. so that, you know, if you want the plug pull, don't wait until you can't tell them to pull the plug or yeah. do everything you can to save me. And then, uh, what, a, a durable power of attorney, a medical directive? A uh, will or a trust. A, or, a will or a trust, yeah. because those are so important to avoid probate and those kind of things. Yeah. I mean, why pay more taxes than you need to? And believe me, on the national scene, they go, uh, you know, they're taking away the inheritance tax. It's back. It's forth. If you've got any kind of thing, and in this area with some of these farmers, trusts are really important. So that's interesting. But you don't do that. You're more no, business side that. of things, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm a business and transactional attorney. Because you were kind of, uh, kind of big on the uh, incubator over here, because you had some... Yeah. Didn't it, I mean, you worked up in Frisco before, right? Yeah, my my, uh, my first jobs out of law school were in the Bay Area, working for uh, tech companies and investors, venture investors in tech companies, and that's that's still uh, my practice. Uh, and I just happen to do it here in Merced. I could I could really do it from lots of different places, but um, you know, an internet internet connection and a phone line. Uh, allow for a lot of freedom. Well, that's how you uh, got your law degree, right? It was a correspondence course? <laughs> Not me, no. Uh, I, I was there uh, every day uh, in the classroom. Now, let's tell everybody where you were. You know, I'm having a little fun with Mike. I got to get him to laugh here. Where, where did you go? Very impressive. I went to Georgetown in uh, in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that was that was that was uh, that was uh, uh, just a fantastic experience for me to, to be a, the, the first in my family to graduate from college. And then, uh, you know, once I, once I graduated, I decided that I wanted to get a law degree and uh, was very fortunate to be able to get that law degree from, from Georgetown, which is, you know, one of, the, one of the great universities in our nation. Yeah, if people don't know that, and he's not name dropping, Georgetown University is a phenomenal institution. And, uh, you know, sometimes you hear about them in the news, but the reason you do is because of their status in the yeah. world, in yeah. the world, and people that graduate from Georgetown are highly sought after. And though, and as Mike said, pretty proud to be the first one not only to graduate from college, but to get the Juris Doctorate degree. Yeah. And again, you know, he had kind of a tough family, you know, dad, uh, you know, he and I share something there. Dad passed away uh, during that time, and, you know, I was, I was uh, in my early 20s, uh, but uh, 
struggle yeah, for your mother. Certainly, certainly. And, uh, you know, we still miss them. You know, that doesn't go away. No, and, uh, true. you know, I had younger, my youngest brother and, and sister were uh, still at home. And so, uh, no, but uh, that's the power of family, right? Is, is you know, we pull together and, and we're there for each other. And you know, that's through thick and thin. And that's what we do. And I, I feel fortunate that, that I'm surrounded by family here in Merced. Merced's where I grew up. You know, I went to, I went to local elementary, junior high and high school here. Um, and I'm fortunate that I've still got family around here and, and, uh, you know, Heather and I rely on that network of extended family in raising our kids. And that's, that's the way we want to do it. And, and I would say that they, you know, our extended family relies on us too. You know, we love, uh, we love having family dinners, especially on, on Sundays and, and getting the extended family together and seeing the, the nieces and nephews and catching up with them and, and what they're up to. And, um, you know, it's, that's, those are, those are really, uh, the, 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 the moments in life that you treasure, right? Mm-hmm. Those ones that you're uh, with your loved ones and with your family. No, it's 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 wonderful, and I I'm glad that you know you could share that a little bit with our listeners. Again, people you know haven't heard you in a few uh, months here on the air, maybe a little longer than that. And I always like going through your story because it is really a a story of uh, success, and it, and it shows that you know you really have to try. Things aren't just handed to you. You got to try. I mean, I look at my parents, right? I mean. Um, you know, my dad was, uh, I mean, he's definitely a, a blue collar kind of guy, just a, man, just, a fan, right? just a fantastic man. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, he was a, he was a machinist and a welder and, you know, came home from work greasy and dirty and, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, you know, you, you know, you get a shower after work. Right. Um, you know, I, I, uh, my lab practice, practice, uh, you know, shower before work. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, there's really something to be said, um, for that. And, um, you know, the home ownership was uh, something that really transformed uh, my parents' lives and, and my family's life. Uh, we, we rented homes throughout Merced, mm-hmm. uh, you know, weren't particularly uh, wealthy by any stretch. Um, but it was actually the first time home buyer program at the city of Merced housing department that allowed my parents to buy their first home uh, by the time that I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And um, my mom's still in that home. You know, it's it's been a it's been a place that has uh, really been an anchor for our family to, to have that. And that's, that's what, uh, I mean, that's part of the American dream. Right? Well, I, I, and I know when those issues come before the board, because we do spend money here in this town for housing and rehabilitation, yeah. you're always very uh, supportive of that to try to get people. Because again, I think you would agree home ownership is better than renting. Yeah. Yeah. Really gives us a sense of community. I'm sure where you live, a lot of homeowners and uh, when renters come in, especially with this boom of the UC you know, people coming in, renting their homes for the quick buck. We, we've heard a lot of pushback about that. But let's talk a little bit. We were uh, talking about, you know, district elections and, you know, how that's gone. But the board's in commission. Uh, maybe we ought to get right into the city charter because they yeah. kind of go hand in hand. There was some concern, you know, way back when, when we were sued about district elections. We, you know, made the pie, draw, drew out the different maps, had a lot of a talk, and now uh, the, the talk is, well, what about Parks and Rec? What about the Planning Commission? And, you know, I didn't really think about it, but I guess those weren't really by district either. But now we've taken care of that, haven't we? Along with a few other things, talk a little bit about the charter. Yeah, so the charter review is our basically our city's constitution in many respects. Mm-hmm. Most cities in the state of California are not charter cities. So mainly the, the medium and smaller size cities are general law cities. So they're just governed by, by state statute. But, um, but the rest of the cities, and, and, the, and includes Merced, um, is, a, is a charter city. And so we have more control over uh, who, how we want to govern ourselves as, as, a, as a city. And, 
And it's not a document that the, the city council can amend. Uh, it's a document that um, you know, if we want to make some changes to it, we go out to the people and we uh, and we ask for their support. Mm-hmm. And they and they and then they've got a choice of, of what they want to do. So, so that's where we are now. We we um, we convened a charter review committee, and we did that uh, let's say at the beginning of the summer or so, mm-hmm. and got a really just strong group of of residents together to really think about. Um, and spend some time digging into how could we make improvements in the city of Merced charter that would be of benefit to our residents now and for years to come. And so they, you know, they, they discussed a number of uh, topics and some of them were uh, suggested in terms of, we'd like to have a charter review committee convened to, to weigh in on these things, but it was also more open-ended and said, to the extent that you've got other ideas or uh, you know, others in the community have ideas, let's consider all those as well and, and make some recommendations to the city council. So over the summer, they, they did their work, they, they convened their meetings and uh, had what I thought was you know, a lot of robust discussion. They, they, didn't, uh, they didn't agree on every point of every, uh, uh, of every discussion, and I think that's healthy. But at the end of the day, they came around. They, they came together around um, a, a set of recommendations that they they presented to the city council. And so, so now uh, we, as a city council, have the opportunity to put those before the voters in in March and um, ask for their approval. So that's where we are. There's there's a number of things that um, that that may go on, on that charter amendment. We haven't made uh, the final uh, decision yet, although it's going to be it's going to be uh, on our agenda for Monday night. Oh, it is. Yeah, this week, and and, and those things include things like um, having the term of the mayor uh, go from two years to four years. Mm-hmm. And most most people sort of just expect that the term of the mayor is four years, and they're kind of surprised when they hear that it's two. So. Uh, and two years is short. Having gone through that myself, uh, you know, having won my first term, uh, two-year term as mayor, and then uh, very quickly uh, turning around and running for re-election, I think that there's some real wisdom in, in having that be a four-year term. And those would be uh, still with term limits. So there would be two four-year terms, similar to uh, similar to what the presidency is. But it just gives you time to, uh, to, 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 to really get the job done and to kind of settle in on things uh, before you have to turn around and run for re-election and see, see more projects through to fruition. So it's the, it's um, extending the mayor's term uh, from two years to four with those term limits. It is um, uh, asking, asking the voters about compensation for the city council. And that's the one that, that draw, that drew probably the most uh, discussion and there, and had the most sort of diverse set of ideas. And and really it comes down to this. Uh, No one should be uh, enriched or become rich uh, for serving in elected office. That's, that's sort of the, the starting principle. I think we all agree on that. Um, and, and then where you go from there is where sort of the discussion goes. Well, let's it's, talk about that. This is a discussion. You've been rattling on here for two minutes. Let me just ask you real quick. You get 20 bucks a month. You get 30, right? So the, uh, close. So the council members get 20 bucks a month. The mayor is entitled to 70. Oh. Um, I've never taken the 20 or the 70. No, but it's more but for if, the if mayor. If I wanted it, you know, it would be 70 but it's, bucks But it's pretty low. Yeah, it's and it's that's low per and meeting. If you miss a meeting, they cut that in that's, half. That's per month. Oh, per month. Okay. Yeah, it's per month. Um, and there's no, uh, you know, there's no healthcare. There's no cell phone. I mean, mm-hmm. like, you know, it really is public service. And I and I, I really appreciate that. And you get a, you get a sense of satisfaction about that. But but we have to recognize that. And going back to our discussion about trying to get more uh, candidates, for example, to run, we've got a number of talented residents in the city of Merced that would make really fine council members, but they need every hour of every paycheck at their job. They're right. punching the clock. And if they had to be away from work to be a council member, they couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. So if there was some small stipend 
Well, and there, now let's talk about the devil in the details. Sure. The, the way I understand the way the Charter Review Committee did it, they have some statutory language, which can be up to or maybe starting at, I'm not sure, and I'm not putting words, $600 a month? So the, the, um, I don't think that made it in the recommendation. The $600 a month thing came from looking at, okay, what if what if Merced were not a charter city? What right. if Merced was a general law city like most of our peers are? That's where I thought. And, mm-hmm. and if, if that were the case, uh, then that would be the the salary for council members. So what are the voters going to, we only have 30 seconds in this, or a few seconds in this last segment, going out. What are the voters, what may they see on the ballot? Will there be a set amount, or will it just be some language that there should be compensation, a board will be created? Yeah, that's the recommendation that the Citizen Commission made to the city. It's, it, we haven't acted on this yet, so I don't know no, the No, no, I understand. That, but, I just but the recommendation put, that came out of the committee was to um, really have oversight at the at the resident level and to have them set the have them set the the salary so there's not a dollar amount in there it's a it's a process that that would be um that would be put together well i was kind of hoping the charter review committee would settle on a dollar amount as you know there was some talk about two three hundred bucks a month going up basically from the 20 to 70 and it'll be interesting to see i know there's some polling that's going on maybe that'll be shared on monday night uh, how this uh, is received by the by the electorate, and the question also is: Is it going to be one question or multiple questions? And these are things Absolutely. that we'll find out on Monday. You yeah, want to meeting. tune in? Yeah, these. <laughs> I'm not uh, sure the answer to that either. Yeah, the council meetings uh, first and third Monday of every uh, month for the city of Merced, and of course second and fourth for our friends in Atwater. Mayor Mike Murphy in studio. My name is Casey Seed, Citizen Watch. Second segment in the can. We'll be right back. The third and final segment of the eight o'clock hour. Hope you can uh, stick with us. That's Mike Murphy. Mike Murphy, the mayor of Merced. Hey, guys. On Citizen Watch, hey, here we are, third and final segment of the 8 o'clock hour. I don't know if you can stay past past uh, the break, but we're going to see. So happy to have him here in studio. My name is Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM. Oh, every single Saturday on these airwaves coming into October, fall, we're going to have our annual uh, John Pedroso pumpkin carving contest at the end of the month. Get your gourd in. We always give away a nice prize for that. Hey, and just a, a note for all of our listeners, my buddy, the Velvet Sledgehammer, is uh, home after a, a long stay in the medical facilities, and uh, we're so happy and hope that his recovery is well, and maybe he's listening to the show. I don't know. but Look forward to seeing Robert back. Yeah, yeah. Robert. Robert, I tell you, you've been in our thoughts and prayers, and uh, we're really, really glad to hear you're doing a lot better. Look, this is going to move quick because we've, we've spent half hour on like two subjects we were talking about the uh, charter review, the charter amendments that are going to come up on the ballot. We don't know if it's going to be one or two issues. One of the things, just moving through them quickly, uh, there were some financial things. These are just kind of over my head. Explain this to people so when they see it in, in easy to turn, not the, not the legal terms. but You don't want the legal easy? No. Basically, uh, we're having some more oversight by the city council when uh, financial oh, audits come the, through. Oh, you're talking about the city finance officer. Well, that, and then we're giving her a little more leeway to play with some money that uh, what has to be, uh, we can't uh, use so it for. Let me, yeah, let me, let me, let me uh, break it down for your listeners. Yeah. So there's two things. One is um, the, the, the role of the city finance officer 
uh, if the charter were passed, would have more uh, direct reporting to the city council. Okay. And I think that's a good thing. Yes. Uh, that, that, that there's more of a direct line there. Oversight, um, accountability. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's that's the first one. The second one is we have this um, we have this uh, cash flow account that's written into our charter. It's sort of an archaic uh, type thing, but essentially uh, it has required us to uh, set aside money that um, – was was useful at a prior time, but now we're we're using pooled cash, mm-hmm. where we pool uh, you know the, the accounts from 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 across all of our funds, and and that helps us with cash flow. But if there were a, a, a change made to that, we could uh, pull uh, four million dollars uh, out of that. So and, there's four and, million bucks that and, just kind of sits there. Yeah, it just it just sits there, and uh, the the thought is that uh, we would use that to pay down some of the uh, pension liabilities uh-huh. that uh, cities are faced with because uh, right now we're not able to uh, put it to work in any way. And 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 to be clear, I mean th- this is where the confusion comes in, and I want to be clear about is this is not the city's savings account. No, right? We're not diminishing the city's savings account in any way. This isn't the rainy day fund. This, this isn't, isn't the, the rainy reserves. Day. This is this stranded stranded fund. It's like right? an account out there that you can't touch. It's, it's a Christmas account and Christmas never comes. Right. So again, okay. So and, 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 and it's not, it wouldn't be used to for ongoing expenditures, but just to pay down uh, those employee, uh, you know, liabilities are out there. And? And so those are the two financial ones. Those are the two financial ones. And then we have what we uh, kind of started on this thing was the, the parks and commissions. Yeah. And this is all commissions across the board because I was a little confused. The biggies, parks and rec and planning. Parks and rec and planning because those are the only two charter level commissions. There's yes. only There are only two that are mentioned in the charter. So we have, you know, a half a dozen or more, more mm-hmm. um, commissions in the city. But there are only two that are specifically set forth in our city charter. Mm-hmm. So, you know, over time we add commissions because we want more public input. Mm-hmm. So for example, the most recent one was last year, we convened a residence commission uh, around arts and beautification in mm-hmm. the city of Merced. Mm-hmm. They're doing some tremendous work uh, around that, but it's not a charter commission, it's a well, creation of the council. So, but, but, but the Parks and Recreation Commission and the Planning Commission are in the charter, and so it would take a, a charter amendment uh, if we wanted to, to uh, make those changes there. Now we could certainly on our own just decide that we want to appoint people from each district, and we and we may we may go that route. Um, it's sort of a, a d- decision as to whether we want to put wasn't it in the charter some, or not. You know, wasn't there some talk about that? In other words, if the charter for some reason didn't pass, say everything's lumped together and somebody didn't like one thing, well, everything gets thrown out. Which again, folks, you got to look at everything. But you know, to a point, it it has more weight if it's in the charter, right? It has more weight if it's in the charter. Um, but, but the effect would be the same. So I think one of the things you're going to hear Monday night, and I'm, and I'm curious to hear from my colleagues uh, as this comes up, is some of these things we could do on our own. Um, and and maybe, maybe we do. Some of these things would definitely take a charter amendment. Uh, but things like, you know, if we want to appoint um, for, by district, we could, we could do that. Um, it just wouldn't have the... Uh, long-lasting effect of having to... Another uh, council could change it. Another council could change it. And that's the beauty of the Charter Review Committee, and that's why it was convened, and that's why it's important. You know, these may seem like mundane things. I think uh, the last time really wasn't that long ago. What, within this century, right? 20-something? About a decade ago, yeah. yeah. About 10 years ago. So, again, folks, keep your eye on the ball. I think the big one's going to be the pay, the council pay. And, uh, again, you know, there, nothing's been decided. It may not even make it to it. But I really – well, I think the devil's in the details of that one. Just my personal yep. opinion. You know, if you if you say 12 – if you go down Atwater's Road, you know, car phones, cell phones, you know, personal assistance, massages every other day, that, that ain't going <laughs> to – it ain't going to fly, baby. Right. Okay, so uh, let's talk a little bit – you know, when we talk about things that are coming up on the ballot, uh, there's, some, there's some big ones, big ones, and one of them is Measure C. 
yeah. the sales tax measure. Yeah. Sunsets, what, 2022? 20, 2026. Ooh, 2026. So we got about six and a half years. But as we know, the glacial pace of government, putting these things on the ballot, is your opinion it should be extended? Definitely. Yeah, Has without, to, right? Without question. It needs, it needs to be extended. And, and so uh, this has been... Uh, this has been one of those areas where uh, the residents have really uh, benefited from uh, a, a local measure. And you know, Measure C was passed in 2006 with a 20-year lifespan. It'll expire in 2026. And essentially, it's what funds um, you know, police officer positions and firefighter positions in our fire department. And our, our level of service would, would not be what it is today. If Measure C were not in effect, thirty, so, 30 some positions, yeah. and and one of your again one of your campaign platforms was increasing public safety. Well, yep. at least one or two positions a year. Yeah, and so and we we have to as we grow as a city, right? And 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 so extending Measure C is going to be critical, and and. We don't want to wait until 2026 to go on the ballot or at the last moment. Well, that was one of the things. I mean, let's talk. I mean, we're going we're gonna to yeah. move this along because okay. you can see the clock. And, and he ain't going to leave because I got 15 <laughs> things here to talk about. But that was one of the talks. You know, we just had the, uh, the little doc, you know, little presentation about the new police station, yep. fire station. Yep. And, uh, you know, facilities are great. But if you don't have any people inside of them. If you don't have the people them, to staff them. Right. Th- then that's the bigger problem. And right? we got 30-some so, people. So, again, you wanted to put this on the ballot maybe this year, next year. But... It's going to be likely a. You're talking about Measure C or the yeah, Pacific. Measure C. Measure C. Uh, we would like to go out in November of 2020. Well, I say I would like to, and I think my colleagues are in the same same spot. That's what we've talked about. Um, so that's coming up. It's coming up, and and I think it's the right way to do it so that we have certainty around hiring, and we're not in a position where we, you know, really have to question whether we can mm-hmm. we can rely on on Measure C because I think our residents. Um, support law enforcement in that way at the ballot box. Most uh, of them. I think enough of them do. And, um, but, but, uh, but we want to have that in place uh, ahead of time. Well, I'm just going to take a moment and do just a second editorial. I do not like the people that come up before the city council and trash our police department, call them racist. I do not believe that. I don't believe that for a second. And I think the majority of Mercedians do support our police department, yeah. would be behind Measure C. And I think some of the, the, the minority with the loudest voice is what you hear sometimes, the finger snapping, all of this stuff at the council meetings. And I know a lot of times you can't respond. And, and it, it has to be frustrating, especially with three or four people involved in law enforcement. I know you're a big supporter of yeah. law enforcement and fire. And well, so, it, and, and I think our residents really do support Measure C. And I think that'll be a, a, a fairly easy one. But, you know, something we did talk about is facilities. And, you know, the city, yeah. you, you've been there again since 2011, 2010, you were elected. Uh, we, we bought Manchinette. We bought the Sunstar. We're kind of thinking the Sunstar ain't working. Uh, we, we, we just had a meeting What's your feelings on uh, on that? I mean, how do you think the meeting went? My feeling is that we're going to get it right, and 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 you know, it not be it might not be right now, but we're going to get it right, and that's the most important thing. And it's going to happen uh, on on a timeline that is going to be as quick as possible. And I, I shared with you, I think that that that's probably going to be you know. 2022 before we figure that piece out because the personnel is more important than the building. Both are, both are certainly important, but we need to figure out the personnel first. And, uh, you know, the prior council uh, did purchase the mansion at property. We were fortunate. We made some money off that. Uh, yeah, we, we sold did. it. And, and not only that, <laughs> we maybe, did well maybe, on more, that one. maybe more importantly um, than that is uh, Valley Children's Hospital is going to build a facility there. And we desperately need not only healthcare providers, but specialists. Um, and so having these pediatric specialists in our community is a win all the way around. And so um, I, so I don't believe that, that the Merced Sunstar site is, is the right spot. We are going to get it right, but I don't think that that's it. It's not big enough. 
They're, yeah, and and I mean we could. We I could, mean that's my opinion. Yeah. So, so you know those things are still to be worked out. But 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 you asked about the meeting that we most recently had. Yeah. How do you think it went? I was kind of excited about uh, maybe a cooperation with Merced College. Maybe. Oh, we lo- yeah. We look forward to uh, a, a partnership like that. And because isn't the devil in the financial details, Miguel? Oh I mean, yeah. We ta- or excuse me, Mayor Mike. We talk about. You know, Measure C, another that's what a half cent sales tax. Yeah. But to pay for a, and again, depending on which uh, uh, population projections you look at, it's all about 45 to 49 million bucks. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't know if that includes the cost of land, but when uh, Chris Fatelli, the president of Merced College, got up and talked about maybe a regional training facility, yeah. police and fire, and room for a central police station, because yeah. remember, there's a fire station right up the road on Bellevue, I got excited. So oh, yeah. P3, private, who knows, maybe a bond, but again, something that may come before the developers, hard to say, right? Before the I developer? mean, before the uh, voters, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it certainly would. Um, and we're going to, before we would ever put anything before the voters, make sure that we're really comfortable with it, and that the, the economics... Um, are, are where they need to be, and that uh, and that the price tag is in line with uh, the the services that we need and, and the residents expect. Well, I think it was a really good meeting Monday. I think we came to the conclusion, and again with your that, yeah. <laughs> with your leadership, no, it was uh, you know a central police station, uh-huh. maybe some uh, uh, storefronts or some community uh, uh, presence right. in the neighborhoods. Now, I mean, not just we don't want to walk know, away from the investments we've made. In exactly. Why? It's like you know, talk just a minute. Didn't we buy, have some community center, some church? Oh, fire station. That's what it was. Are we going to make that fire station uh-huh. into a community center? That yeah. could be another area where police congregate Certainly. a, a CSO, some sort of city services, right? Yeah, we've got the the old band. Where fire is that? Twenty seventh and K. Yeah, um, and it's right by uh, right by John Muir School. That's, that's quite a bit of chunk of dirt over there, isn't it? It is, and it's uh, it's going to be a fantastic uh, community center in the not too distant future. That's one of the things that um, you know I and other members of the council pushed for in this last uh, budget on the, uh, that we passed in June was mm-hmm. we want to get that thing in a position where we can have our local nonprofit partners run their quality programs out of there. We've got a lot of folks that a building, a building could make uh, the real difference for some of these, uh, for some of these organizations. So we're making a little investment in that property so we uh-huh. can rent it out and yep. hopefully do a nonprofit that, you know, keeps their nonprofit status. Well, but I that's say rent all it out. I, we'll, we'll probably make it available for free. Uh, if they're, if they're going to provide the programming that our residents need yeah. um, and, and, and step up in that way, then we would probably make it, you know, available to them to do mm-hmm. that. Well, hey, you know, and we've done that with other folks. We have. We've done that with other folks. Just just keep your nonprofit status, folks. Listen, <laughs> one of the things, uh, you know, I hope, can you stay Can you stay just a few more minutes? Yeah. Okay, look, hey, that's great. Talk to him into it. Before we go out, one of the things, uh, you know, again, lots of things that are coming up on the ballot, sewer water master plan. This is something, folks, it's not attractive, it's ugly, it's dirty, but it's so necessary for development. We're talking about annexing potentially almost 8,000 acres uh, north of the hospital going basically to La Paloma all the way to the university over to 59. Michael, where do we, Mayor Murphy, where do we stand on the sewer and water master plan in one minute? Um, sewer master plan is one of the most important things that the city's working on. And if, and it, it doesn't get the attention in the public that that it probably should, but I'll tell you that the, the, the city council and city staff are focused on it because it's the path for where we're going to annex as a city. And so we have uh, gone out to uh, all of the residents and landowners in that that project area of 7,600 acres to to ask them, you know, what, what what would you like to have happen with your property and your land? And knowing that 
I can't see I can't see a situation where the city would annex all of that in one bite. That's no, too, no, that's no. Too big. But but understanding, we're going to study this broader area and Sphere see see who wants to come in. And then once we make those decisions, then we know where the infrastructure needs to go, and so we can we can uh, move forward accordingly with that with putting that infrastructure on the ground. Well, there's some no brainers, folks. The UC ain't moving, and it's in the county, <laughs> and we need that in the city because we got a city sewer line going out there, and all along Bellevue Road, you're not going to recognize Bellevue Road. That's going to be what they call a gateway, along with Yosemite. Avenue. Those are going to be very wide. Yosemite won't be this hopscotch, you know, wide, two lanes, one lane, a half a lane. They're all going to be, and it takes infrastructure money, developer right. money. Right. It's a big deal, right? Yep. You've got to look forward. You know, it's unbelievable how fast time goes by, but he's promised to stick with us. We're just going to do a quick uh, tape change here. The reel to reel is out of tape. We're going to uh, keep him here for the bonus half hour after the news at nine o'clock. I hope you can stay. If not, like I say, you can always listen online anytime, 1480kyos.com. Click on the Citizen Watch banner, scroll down, and there's your favorite show right there at your fingertips every single day. We try to add some new ones every once in a while. We're going to get some of the oldies, but goodies, old, what, uh, McCabe. He's out there harvesting the hemp, doing all kinds of good stuff. We had Vern Warnke. He's on there. You don't want to miss his interview. But we're really happy to have had Mike Murphy in here for the 8 o'clock show. But stick with us. He'll be there for another bonus half hour. Hang in there.